So here's today's transformational truth. Okay. Emotionally mature leaders are motivated by commitment rather than convenience. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Transformational Truths. Today, I want to talk to you about the importance of emotional maturity, specifically in the context of both just living life and leadership. So here's today's transformational truth. Okay. Emotionally mature leaders are motivated by commitment rather than convenience. Listen to me carefully. Emotionally mature people are committed people. Let me give you an illustration uh, to kind of drive the point home. When I was growing up, every Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner, we always had these two sets of tables, right? You know, uncles, cousins would come over, aunts would come over, etc. And there was the kids' table, and then there was the adult table. Now, there was the table for the mature, and there was a table for the immature. And you didn't go to the mature table until you were ready. Now, now here's the deal. Every person sitting at both tables had incredible worth and incredible value. In fact, the table you sit at has absolutely nothing to do with worth or value, or purpose for that matter. What it has to do with is our level of emotional and spiritual maturity. Uh, it was author Peter Scazzaro who said, it is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. I actually believe that's 100% true. Uh, and here's the deal. At the kids' table, the kids make decisions based on how easy it is to accomplish something. But at the mature table, we realize that outside of our salvation— and putting our faith in Jesus, nothing of significance is accomplished without a level of commitment. We will never build the life, the marriage, the career, or the ministry that God created us for until we start making decisions based on commitment rather than convenience. This is a fundamental truth when it comes to life, relationships, leadership. You can't get away from this principle. You can't break this, this law of leadership or living without dealing with the unwanted consequences of it. And one of those is that we kind of stay stuck relationally at the kids' table. We stay stuck relationally uh, at the kids' table. We stay stuck uh, in, in ministry at the kids' table. We stay stuck in, in our team environment at the kids' table when we know deep down inside we're created for the mature table. Uh, this is this is important, especially in this in this culture we're living in. The last two and a half years have been <laughs> challenging to say the least. And if we were not motivated by commitment, if we were motivated by convenience, well, that showed up pretty, pretty, pretty early in this journey of COVID and shutdowns and and challenges and difficulty and isolation. You had to be committed to stay on course. For destiny, whatever it is that we're called to do, whatever purpose we're created for, uh, man, if there was a lack of commitment the last couple of years, it, it showed up in our lives, didn't it? You know, Jesus himself said in John 16, 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace, because here's what he said, in this world, 
you are going to have trouble. I mean, Jesus warns us in advance. You're going to walk through difficult times. You're going to walk through disappointing times. You're going to walk through hard times. Uh, He actually told us to expect seasons in our lives that will not feel easy. Can you relate? (laughs) But then he said, take heart because I've already overcome the world. In other words, Jesus says, yes, absolutely. You're going to walk through some seasons in life that are tough, but don't quit because it's hard or don't quit because it's inconvenient. And oftentimes what I'm discovering is really gifted folks are discerning God's will for their life based upon how easy it is to do something. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen. If we do that, we actually cut ourselves short. Jesus told us there's going to be times in your marriage that it's tough. (laughs) There's going to be times in in leadership it's tough. Um, There's going to be times leading a church or company, it is really going to be tough. You're going to feel hurt, disappointed, wounded, tired. Those times, those seasons will come, but don't quit because you're trying to to discern God's will based on how easy something is to accomplish. Jesus told us 2,000 years ago, living out of your purpose and your calling will not always be easy. Okay, It will not always be convenient. But then he says, don't worry. I've already overcome everything you're going to walk through. And the worst thing that could happen to you is that this works together for your good. Let me say that one more time. I need to speak to people out there who have put their faith in Christ. The worst thing that could happen to you is that whatever you're going through will end up working together for your good. So don't quit just because it's hard. Listen, if we quit, if we stop showing up every time it gets hard or inconvenient, we stunt our development and we postpone our destiny. Because nothing healthy can grow that doesn't stay planted. Yeah, uh, uh, one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 92, the psalmist wrote this, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. So mature fruit is found on planted trees. Okay, mature fruit is always going to be found on planted trees. Now listen, sometimes in the face of adversity and pain, there's a very, very real temptation to unearth ourselves and find easier soil to avoid the issues that appear to be causing our pain. But here's the deal. No matter where you go, it's going to take commitment to make it go. Uh, One of my favorite axioms, this is a principle I teach my kids. This is a principle I teach uh, young leaders. Listen to me. Wherever you go, you take you with you. So I, you know, I'm going to take me with me wherever I go. I can avoid the uncertainty. I can avoid the adversity of my current circumstance. Yeah, you can leave, but you're going to miss out on a season and time of development that's vital for you stepping in your God-given purpose, your God-given calling, your God-given destiny. All right? Um, it's going to require commitment. And mature leaders who are mature, leaders who are emotionally, spiritually mature, have discovered that if we live our lives based on convenience, we'll always miss the experiences of living out of our calling. So just a couple of weeks ago, I was invited to preach out of state, and I was actually up in uh, Maryland. I, I had to fly into Baltimore. I had to rent a car, and um, the, the venue where I was going to be speaking and preaching at was about, th- about three and a half hours away, so it was a long drive. So I had to drive over to Ocean City, Maryland, and I knew, I knew it was a divine assignment. I knew God had opened this door. I knew that God wanted me to go there and uh, share this message. Uh, 
But but something started happening as I got closer to the venue. Uh, true story. So Siri, my GPS is hooked up, and good old Siri, she she begins about an hour out to warn me. Uh, she says, uh, warning, you have a winter storm warning ahead at your destination. And I'm thinking, listen, you know, the first 40 years of my life, I grew up in Michigan. How bad could it be? Big deal. I've, you know, I've lived my life going through storms. Not worried about it. About 10 minutes later, I get another warning. It says, warning, coastal flooding warning ahead at your destination. <laughs> And the hotel that I was at was literally um, on the ocean. So I started to feel a little uneasy. Ten minutes later, I get one more warning. So I get three warnings. The third warning says, warning, blizzard warning ahead at your destination. Now look, I grew up around snow. I've driven in it. I've I've pastored in through it. I've whatever. I've lived my life in snow. But I've never heard the word blizzard. I mean, I, I, I've been through some snowstorms, but never a blizzard. Listen, it was so bad. Uh, that the Weather Channel checked into the hotel I was staying at to cover the chaos. Yeah, true story. As soon as I get to the venue, the director pulls me inside and says, hey, the governor's declaring a state of emergency. They're shutting down the roads. They're bringing in the National Guard. You can't be on the roads after a certain time. So what do you want to do? Because, you know, um, if you stay late, you're probably going to be here through the weekend rather than go home tomorrow. Uh, and I'm thinking, oh man, what's the right thing to do? I call my wife. She's like, I'm not sure. I think you're just going to need to kind of see how it looks after you're done tonight. I said, okay. So I get done preaching. I go out, peek my head out the door. It's snowing. It's a wet snow, but I'm thinking, uh, you know, I think I'll be okay. I think I'll make it. I go back to the hotel, throw my stuff in a bag, um, throw my stuff in the back of the car because I knew in my heart, I needed to be back at, at the church that I pastor on Sunday to share the message that I had for this this church that I lead. I knew in my heart I needed to. I also knew that I really wanted to get back for my son's basketball game. That was important to me. Uh, so I throw my stuff in the car. At this point, it's probably 1030 at night. The day for me started at five in the morning, got up, drove to the airport, flew into uh, Baltimore, rented the car. So here we are now. I'm driving. There's only me and snow plows on the road, right? The snow is bananas, you guys. I'm going 30 miles an hour. That three and a half hour trip took a little over four hours. Finally get to the hotel, check in at two o'clock in the morning. I start to think, man, if I don't hurry up and get a flight out early, I might get stuck here because the later I wait, the more snow accumulates. I might not get out. So I changed my flight to a 7 a.m. flight. Go to bed at two, wake up at four, jump in the car, drive to the airport, check in, finally get home, get out. They took an hour to de-ice the plane, finally get home, working on, you know, a couple hours of sleep, um, get home, see my son's basketball game, take a little bit of a nap, get up, study a little bit more for Sunday. Uh, it, what's my point? Watch this. It cost me time. It wasn't convenient. Uh, it cost me sleep. It cost me money. I was hungry because restaurants had closed because of the storm. I wasn't able to eat, but I knew, I knew, I had to be back in my pulpit and preaching this message on Sunday. I knew. I knew I had to be in Ocean City on Friday, and I knew I had to be back in the pulpit on Sunday. What's my point? Had I made a decision based upon convenience, I would have missed divine moments on Sunday. Because Sunday, let me tell you something, Sunday was an amazing, an amazing day. Sunday was incredible. Strong day. People put their faith in Jesus that day. We had these incredible breakthrough moments. It was just a great day, right? Listen to me very carefully. That's what I'm talking about when I say mature leaders understand that commitment is more important than convenience. <laughs> and we've got to, listen to me, there, there is a leadership gap 
there is a huge void of leadership. Uh, we've got leaders both in in companies. We've got leaders leading ministries. Um, we've got leaders in the home that are struggling because they're struggling to find emotionally mature, spiritually mature, committed leaders who say, I understand I have a divine assignment. I understand that I have a divine purpose. I understand that I am called to a place for a specific reason. Okay, and commitment keeps showing up. So I can either mature where I'm planted, or I can dig myself up and take a immature version of myself to a new place and start over. Now, I, I'm not saying that there is never a time to uh, to be led into a new place. I'm not suggesting that there's never a time where, where God opens a new door or leads you to a new space. That's not what I'm saying. But I will tell you this. The majority of what we see today with, with uh, a lack of commitment and wishy-washy commitment is not an issue of being led into a new place or a new season or a new door. It's oftentimes just no longer convenient. And so people are tapping out to try to find something that's easier. Listen, mature believers are motivated by commitment rather than convenience. One of the most important truths that you'll ever find on this is in James chapter 1, where he writes, Consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Oh, here's the key. Verse 4, And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be, hold on to your seats, everybody, mature and complete, lacking nothing. It turns out that God will often harness the difficulty, the challenges, the inconveniences of our lives to do what? Mature us in faith. Mature us in our emotional constitution. Mature us spiritually so that we're not lacking anything. God's leading us into destiny. But destiny requires development. And I'll never develop for destiny until I commit to the soil where I have been planted. Okay, built into this maturity process, according to James chapter 1, is learning how to trust God, our Father, as we walk through trials and as we walk through storms. It's not always going to be easy to start your own business. It's not always going to be easy to answer the call to ministry. It's not always going to be easy to, to invest in your marriage and stay committed in those hard and lean seasons and times. Okay, it's not always going to be easy. But here's the truth. The truth is, that as a believer in Jesus, you're favored by God even when you walk through the fire. Let me say it again. You're favored even when you walk through the fire. Okay, understand. We have oftentimes uh, watered down the favor of God as being nothing more than a good parking spot at the mall. <laughs> Listen, the favor, the favor of God is so much more than that. In, in fact, oftentimes in, in Western culture, in, in Western church culture, we've boiled the favor of God to uh, whatever makes my life easy. Uh, wow, uh, we miss a whole lot of God's favor because we don't understand it. Understanding the favor of God means understanding that even in our discomfort or difficulty, God is using all of it to prepare us for destiny. That's right. Understanding God's favor means understanding that even, you know, listen, even correction is in and of itself a form of God's favor. Why? Because it is a form of preparation for purpose. Okay, the worst thing that could happen to you is, is that God works this out for your good. That's a promise from Scripture. Listen, leader, as long as convenience determines our decision, we will postpone destiny. And let me be clear, I, I'm not talking about salvation, and I'm not talking about acceptance in Christ, okay? Because the fact of the matter is, we can choose to just, just not develop. We could choose to keep quitting when it's hard, and we can stay immature. Watch this. And we can stay 
sitting at the kids' table, super frustrated, because we know there's more inside of us, more purpose to live out of. We could stay there whole lives, and God won't leave you, and you're still going to go to heaven, and you're still saved, okay? But you're going to be horribly frustrated, okay? Because while you're still accepted in Christ, and you're still born again, you're stuck. And it will impact every other relationship in your life. Marriages will suffer. Friendships will suffer. Okay, Ministry will suffer. Impact will suffer. You'll be frustrated watching brothers and sisters and other people around you who continue to engage the maturity process move to the adult table. And you'll be like, what about me? What about me? Until I make decisions based upon commitment rather than convenience, I'll always stifle my development. Okay, I'm talking about I'm talking about maturing in your identity in Christ, and that's impossible as long as we keep making choices on what's easy versus what is hard. And, and listen, no matter how hard you try to alter your circumstances externally, I'm a learner. I, I one of one of the greatest gifts the Father gave me when I started this journey of learning to lead. Uh, man, He gave me this desire to learn. I, I just I'm always trying to learn something new. But here's the deal: here's what I found out. No matter how much new knowledge you acquire, no matter how many books you read, coaches you hire, YouTube videos you watch, none of it, none of it will go anywhere without commitment, okay? And when the going gets tough, kids quit, but adults commit. In the face of adversity, maturity steps up, but immaturity steps back. When you walk through battles, the immature see themselves as victims, but the mature understand that in Christ, they're already victors. Listen, mature people are motivated by commitment rather than con- convenience, okay? By faith over feelings. And it's not that feelings are all bad, but feelings are often based on my circumstances, whereas faith is based on Jesus and his faithfulness. Man. Ah, let me tell you something else about the mature table. It's marked by an attitude of gratitude because as we mature emotionally and spiritually, we're thankful, okay? We, we're always thankful. Uh, let me tell you something practically that has changed my life. I start every day thanking God for three things from the last 24 hours, every day. I look back over my day and say, Father, thank you for it. And, and oftentimes I find the goodness of God and I find my blessings tied up and watch this. My wife, my children, the team that I get to uh, do life and ministry with, uh, friendship, I'm thankful. Because as you mature, one of the marks of emotional and spiritual maturity is an attitude of gratitude. We don't spend too much time focusing on what's wrong. We give thanks for the goodness of God that lives around us every single day, okay? We mature to the point of seeing adversity as opportunity. We mature to the point of seeing ourselves living in God's favor even when we're walking through the fire. We mature to the point that we give for the sake of giving, not for the sake of getting. And I'm not talking about thoughts of quitting. We've all had those. Lord have mercy. It gets hot, hot enough and hard enough. You, you just think, how do I get out of this heat? How do I get out of this fire? But here's the, here's, here, can, can I just right now encourage you with something? You're still standing. You may have fallen down a few times. You, we've all made plenty of mistakes through adversity and difficulty. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 all of us have. We're all in the same boat. But listen to me, you're still here. It's one of the most powerful things about you, one of the most powerful testimonies that you have, one of the most powerful realities about your story and your life is that you're still here despite everything you've walked through, okay? And one of the keys to to sitting at the mature table is an attitude of gratitude. But can I contrast that with the kids' table? Because at the kids' table, it's marked by an attitude of entitlement. One of the biggest problems with adopting an attitude of entitlement is that it's almost always, are you ready for this? 
offended. Listen to me carefully. The easiest person to offend is the entitled person. Even if I feel, if I'm feeling kind of offended, I start, I start to, I turn inward and say, okay, what's going on? Is this legitimate that I, you know, what is this? Am I just feeling pain from getting hurt or do I feel in, uh, offended because of expectations that weren't real or because I got a little entitled over a situation or a scenario? W- what is this? Because listen, I promise you, the easiest person to offend is the entitled person. Why? Because they live their life demanding their own way. And when their their demands aren't met the way they want them to be met, they become victims and everyone that disagrees with them becomes a villain. <laughs> Listen, the most common word you hear at the kids' table is mine, mine, okay? Because the objective is always to get as much as possible while giving as little as possible. Um, last year, I was in the swimming pool with my, my little girl. Uh, she's three. And... Uh, her older sister wanted to wanted to play with her and 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 play with her with some of her toys. And my three-year-old did not want to share. And I tried to explain to my three-year-old that sharing is caring. And she looked at me very matter-of-factly with her little three-year-old sweet voice. And she said, no, daddy, sharing is not caring. <laughs> oh, man. You know why? Because a child defines success by everyone around them giving them what they want when they want it while giving very little back in return. Yeah, at the kids' table, rather than support those around them, their objective is to make it about their way, their agenda, their opinion. And you've got to agree with them. You've got to do it their way. And if you don't, it's not just a matter of disagreement. It's a matter of you now being wrong and they are right. And this is how emotional and spiritual immaturity can absolutely ruin what could have been healthy, life-giving relationships. And we're all on this journey, somewhere between the kids' table and the mature table, at different Phases of life, different aspects of our life, different aspects of our relationships and and leadership. You know, we all go on the same journey. All of us do. All of us do. There's no condemnation. What I my objective today is to equip you with truth that's going to help you as a leader, as a person. Whether you're leading your house, you're leading your family, uh, you're leading a ministry, you're leading a company. I, I need you to understand your emotional maturity, your spiritual maturity. They matter. They cannot be neglected or ignored. And one of the quickest ways that God builds into our lives to mature emotionally and spiritually is by allowing us to go through a few fires along the way. Okay. Listen to me carefully. When it comes to to relationships that that are emotionally or spiritually immature and are content to stay that way, there's something I need you to know. In fact, I'm going to share a little piece of advice that's going to help you protect your peace. Every single human being on the planet has value and worth. Jesus proved that on the cross. The Bible says God so loved the world, the world that he sent his only son. Okay, This isn't about an issue of worth or value. This is about an issue of maturity. So listen to me carefully. Be careful of relationships where someone acts like a victim in the middle of a problem they created. Be very, very careful, okay, because that will continue to perpetuate itself over and over and over again. And the quickest way to ruin the culture of a ministry team that you're trying to build or a company you're trying to build or uh, an entrepreneurial team that you're trying to uh, collaborate with is to put someone who's not ready for the adult table at the adult table when they really should be sitting at the kid's table. Okay, be careful. Be careful of relationships where someone acts like the victim in the middle of a problem they created. It's the quickest way to create a toxic culture. Why? Because in the words of the Apostle Paul, when I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and I reasoned like a child. One of the quickest ways, one of the quickest ways 
to mature emotionally and spiritually is to simply stay planted. Just stay planted. Stay planted in discomfort. Stay planted in frustration or irritation. Ask anybody that has been married for any length of time. They can look back and say, we went through some really tough, very difficult times, some uncomfortable times, some frustrated times, some hurt times, some painful times. The reason we're here is because we decided to stay committed to this marriage. We decided to stay committed to each other because we could have very easily said, it's too hard. I'm just going to walk away and we're all, we're all just going to start over. But they didn't. They didn't. Because at some point they realized if we do, we just we just take us with us. Why not put in the work? right where we are. Why don't we continue to build on, on this time that we've invested? Why don't we keep building on all of this stuff that we've been through and stuff, throwing it away? Because if I just throw it away, it becomes wasted. And, and, and listen, sometimes we spiritualize those things. We take this to this hyper-spiritual place, listen, and we say, well, I'm frustrated and I'm irritated and I'm disappointed and, and I'm just angry and, 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 and so it must be God telling me to move on. No, Jesus told us we were going to go through those things. He warned us. He said, you're going to go through difficult times and trying times and frustrating times on this journey of life. And you know what we don't often realize is that frustration and irritation are also signs of, get ready for this, transformation. <laughs> it's evidence that we're actually growing, that we're maturing. It's proof that we're getting uncomfortable with those new things that God is doing to renew our minds so that we can live this transformed life. Listen, don't quit. I, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but I, I'm here to tell you, don't quit. Commit and watch yourself and your marriage and your relationships and your purpose flourish like a tree planted by the water. And if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, oh, but Pastor Travis, I did quit. I quit. I quit because it was hard. I quit because it was too hard. Um, but I'm recognizing that I probably shouldn't have quit that. What do I do? I've got really good news for you. Let me tell you something about, about God. He is a redeeming God. He is a God that knows how to restore time. He is a God that knows how to reconcile broken relationships. He is a God that knows how to heal that pain and those wounds. And listen to me right now. Recommit. Find a way to make, your, to make this decision today. I'm, if it's possible, I'm going to go back and recommit or moving forward, I am going to be that person that is committed. Okay? Because in Christ, there is no condemnation. There's only reconciliation. He is a faithful God. He is a good God. He's a redeeming God. It's not over for you. It's, it's not over for you. Sometimes, you. sometimes you can do something about the past. Sometimes you can't. And if you're in a situation where, where you just can't, listen to me. Old things have passed away. Behold, you're brand new. Today's a new day. If Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment. Go to Apple iTunes. Rate the show and write us a quick review because I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Until next time. 